Welcome to Success at Scale, the podcast that covers business stories from experienced entrepreneurs, hopefully like you, and startup founders even more like you, on how to translate business ideas into business results. I'm your host, Greg Stein, and today we're going to talk with Andrew, who's a Chief Relationship Officer at Leaders Press, which is a part of the USA Today and Wall Street Journal best-selling press. Man, he's got a lot to talk about. I'm really excited to learn about him together with you today. So without further ado, Andrew, tell us about you. Hey, Greg, how you doing today? Awesome. Uh, how about yourself? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, yeah, you covered a little bit. I'm, I'm the Chief Relationship Officer at Leaders Press. And yeah, we're a USA Today, Wall Street Journal bestselling press. And we are very heavily facing uh, people like your audience. We're looking at CEOs, entrepreneurs. They come to us uh, and they need a book. <laughs> it's usually a book to either help them grow their business scale, to replace their business card, to, to replace their funnel, to do all of it. And what we do is provide them an opportunity to come to us, have our expertise, and turn that book idea into a bestseller in about 10 months. So, all right, there's a lot of questions in here, okay? <laughs> yeah. A lot of them. So first off, what is a chief relationship officer? What does that mean? What do you do? A chief relationship officer means I go on podcasts and talk to people like you. <laughs> it <laughs> well, also that's means, amazing. It also means I build relationships with other businesses, uh, basically manage joint ventures, affiliate programs, uh, and essentially be the face of the company so that my uh, boss, our CEO, Alinka Rutkowski, can spend more time on the beach. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, there's a lot of questions even wrapped up in that statement, but we'll come <laughs> back to that one. Let's stay on, um, you know, what makes a successful book? Like why, why would someone like us, you know, write a book and, and, you know, what makes a successful book and, and what do you guys do differently that makes it a success? Well, for us, when someone of our authors come to us, what they're looking for in success is something that they can absolutely just plug into their business and frankly, just make money off of it in however ways they, whichever way they can find to do. Uh, a successful book is something that both is able to brand you, tell your story about who you are, why you're unique, why you stand out from the crowd, why, you know, you're, say you're a coach, why are you different than the other 5,000, 10,000 other coaches out there that are putting out and, and advertising their business? Uh, but it's also something that you can then take that book and plug it into your business however you want to monetize it to not only get it in the hands of readers, that's just one step, but then to also unlock all the doors that would be closed to you otherwise. Speaking opportunities, coming on the podcast like yours, uh, getting a business that just comes to you that you wouldn't otherwise find. Right, right. So, I mean, it seems like now more than ever, if you have some good ideas, now's the time to share it, get it in a book format and get it out there. Now, let's assume we do. Let's assume that we we get together, we write an um, amazing book. Yeah. How do you promote the book? How do you get out there? How do you make sure that people are actually seeing what you're up to? A lot of that is coming at it from the position of what's our end goal when we start. Uh, you want to actually know what, who do you want to read it? What audiences do you want to find? And then what is the material that you're going to put in that are going to unlock those? It's positioning. Uh, somebody can write a book, self-publish it, and they'll sell six copies to their friends and family. I mean, that's, that's how they, they, they don't want that. Right. So yeah, when you're someone, let, let's say somebody, I'll even take an example of one of our authors, like uh, Sai Huda, who uh, was number one in network security for about a year and a half with his book, Next Level Cybersecurity. Uh, when he came to us, the idea was, I need to get this in, in front of the right audiences. 
I need to find a way to market this so that people see it. So what we did is we looked at the material in the book. What kind of audiences look for this kind of book and what kind of subjects are in here that would end up popping to the top of the charts when someone's doing uh, a search, right? right? For viruses and malware or uh, keyboard logging, little small things that they look for. And when you do that, when you know how to play algorithms on Amazon, when you know how to work with uh, the kind, basically a book and, and know who, what people are searching for, you can hit smaller categories that then percolate up to the top of bigger categories. And then you focus your at, you, you focus your ads, you focus your outreach into those categories. So you hit the big list like Goodreads, Library, but book, but places where people go to buy and pre-order books. And you advertise your targeted ads into there so that those people are saying, oh, that's interesting. I, I need a cybersecurity expert. And I had a problem with keyboard logging. And there you go. Then you've got a pre-order and you've got stuff that build so that then later you're number one in network security. So that's the easiest way to market. Uh, the harder ways to market are for the big lists like Wall Street Journal, USA Today. And really, you do it very similarly just with major ad spend. And with the major ad spend, you can hit those lists if you have someone working with you that knows how to actually implement it and do it. And that, I assume, is you, Andrew. That is us. <laughs> we have <laughs> never had a book that was uh, intended to be marketed to the USA Today and Wall Street Journal list that hasn't made it. Right. Excellent. All right. Interesting. Well, you know, for those who are listening, we'll, we'll come back and give you a, a shameless plug at the end. But mm -hmm. let's come back to you. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about you your experience in sales and marketing management, you know, let's talk about, you know, A, how did you get here to doing what you're doing now? And B, what are some of the skills that, uh, you know, you, you've amassed? Well, I actually came uh, from education. <laughs> I, was, I was in education for a long time, but I was in education that had mixed with sales. I mean, I was, I was actually an administrator for a while in a private school. So I was selling contracts uh, even when I was still in front of a class and, and doing classroom work as a history teacher. Uh, but I happened into this just because I knew some people that said, well, this is a startup that is coming up. They need somebody that knows how to sell. They need somebody that knows how to help administer. And I was like, well, that sounds like a good job for me. I wanted to get out of education and I just happened to be here. I was employee number five wow. in the startup that now employs more than 50 people. And now we've gone from doing five books a year to doing more than 50 books a year. Wow. And so we, yeah, we, in scaling, we have scaled from absolutely nothing, just some people working at home, putting this together to actually being one of the top hybrid publishers in the United States. Um, and man, the skills that I've acquired are just our legion. It's actually hard to even really go through them all in just the format of this. Uh, I started as a salesperson. I started as the VP of sales uh, under Alinka, uh, then took over the sales department myself and transitioned over to relationships. And just the fact that I've talked to every day, four to five CEOs almost every single day in the course of my work, uh, ranging from architects to uh, Po Chung, co-founder of DHL International. So you're talking about a multi-billion dollar corporation there. Uh, some names I can't even mention that, uh, that, are, that, that are connected to some of those all the way up to billionaires and just being able to pick their brains every single day. It, it, it's astounding what I've been able to put together. Well, I, I mean, you know, look, we're all about pragmatic, uh, you know, advice that we can share to, uh, to others who are out there scaling. It sounds like you have experienced success at scale. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, as we kind of zoom out from that a little bit, you know, what, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that's out there that's trying to sell some 
you know, it could be a service, could be a product, whatever it might be. Uh, what are some of the tactics and, and skills that might be transferable that you could share with the group? Well, the way that I have approached sales and the way that I, in, in my particular field, it worked really well was the concept of selling a partnership. It was the idea that whenever I'm in front of someone, like let's say you're going to talk high-end sales, you're going to talk about, you know, you're a salesman, you're going to be talking to a CEO, which is a little different than, than what most other sales could be. So you're talking to somebody, know what they're doing, they know your tricks, they know if you're going to go into your little bag and if you've got a script and you're going point A, point B, point C, they're going to see that right away. So rather than coming at it from the idea of, I want you to buy a watch and you're going to walk out the door and it's going to start devaluing, you're selling a product that you're explaining to them what the value for them is an investment and what kind of partnership that you build together. Uh, we here at Leaders Press, the way that our publishing works, our success is contingent on our author succeeding. So approaching it from the direction of them understanding that this is a symbiotic and reciprocal relationship and essentially you're talking about it almost like a joint venture is a really good way to get in the door with someone that you are trying to sell that's on these kind of high level, big ticket, and you're talking 45,000 to 250,000, which is what I was selling uh, product. And that's something that you need to build a stronger rapport on than just, Hey, you know, here, here, here's, here's my, here's the car. <laughs> here's what it does. Right. It's really nice. You want to grab it. Yeah. So let's talk about leadership and yeah. also, you know, so we talk about sales, but let's talk about the concept of leadership, both internally and externally. And, and also through the idea of, you know, uh, thought leadership through books, right? Like this yeah. is, this is your the core business. And That's a lot of people want to know, how do I position myself as a thought leader? How, you know, how do I get out there and, and lead internally, externally? What, you know, let's, let's just stay on that for a minute. We approached it from the very beginning from the idea that leadership and mentorship are in the same boat. And that was actually our very first book, Pocket Mentor uh, by Martin Uribe. He had that similar idea, and we took that and kind of ran with it. We even did our own series uh, called Supreme Leadership, which is about the concept of leadership and mentoring. And we like to come at leadership from the idea that when you are a leader, your job is to lead, but it's also to teach. And it's also to mentor, and it's also to help. Your position as a person is in the position of the head of a sales department. Your position isn't there to just marshal the sales force and make sure everybody's hitting their numbers every month. You're there to help them hit their numbers every month. You're only as strong as your team. So when you realize that as a leader, when you when you when you realize that your job as a leader isn't just to be the one that's sitting at the top and making sure everybody's hitting a quota. Your job is actually to be part of the machine and to be the one that's taking up the slack where there's something down or there's some, or someone that is there to help everybody learn how to get better. Then you begin to actually cultivate a team that can support you. They can do exactly what you want them to do. Then they're going to hit their quotas automatically. Everything's going to happen the way that you want it to just organically by you being the example. And I think we lose some of that in America. Uh, and I know we do because I talk to all kinds of CEOs and entrepreneurs in the United States overseas, and they all tell me the same thing, that there's a lot of people that lose sight of that uh, with our current corporate culture in the United States, that, you know, the concept of you are as strong as your team. Right. And I am only as strong as my team uh, at Leader Press. Absolutely. Uh, I love the the whole kind of, you know, team concept. I mean, you know, we talk about it. It comes up on every single episode of Success at Scale. We talk about yeah. the same thing, which is people, passion, purpose, right? Every single time it comes up in all sorts of different ways. 
And, you know, it seems like you're kind of hitting on the same thread already in this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's the, the way that you're able to turn a team into something that works for you is to keep them inspired and keep them passionate about it. Uh, I, I talk to multiple authors that come to me. We're doing two books on burnout right now uh, that are in progress. And, and they're, they actually are telling the, the same stories about what happens when leadership doesn't understand that the, the sales force needs to be motivated or any force in, in those particular ones of sales force. Um, but they can apply to anything. And the, the way that they're saying is, you know, come out and approach and make sure that you understand what your team has having issues with. It's fight burnout before it begins by continuing to inspire them. Find out maybe if somebody's just not in the right position. You know, don't don't have a don't have a culture where someone thinks every day, oh my gosh, if I don't hit this and I don't do this, I'm going to be fired. Right. Uh, instead, have a position in which you're telling them, listen, you may not be the fit for where you are, but let's find where to fit you in this team. Because if you look at somebody, you've already hired somebody, they've gone through a process and you know they have some skills. I mean, you're not going to just grab a random person off the street and plug them in somewhere. Um, and if you do, then that's a problem. <laughs> but but yeah, find out what they can do. Find out ways that, that they can help and, and pivot them if they have to so that they don't run into that rut of I'm no longer inspired because you can have somebody that works for you that does just enough and keeps doing just enough, but that's not going to help them. And that's not going to help you as a leader. No doubt. So let, let's talk about, you know, right now it's, it's tough out there, man. Mm-hmm. It, the, the world is, it's gone mad. <laughs> <laughs> There's so yeah. much going on. I don't even want to get into it, but no, what yeah. I do want to get into is if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast and you're struggling right now and you're trying to figure out where to go, what to do, how to get it together, you know, what, how would you, what would you, what kind of advice would you provide to someone listening? Get as much help as you can. Uh, I, I think that we, there's a lot of ideas still in the United States that the way that you find something new or the way that you get uh, the employment that you want or the position that you want is to go out and hit the bricks yourself and, and have a little good old American know-how and, and, and go down the list in the classifieds. That doesn't really work anymore. I mean, the, the way we, we've so heavily automated now, the way in which we're searching for workforce, uh, I could tell you right now, I could go in and if I don't put most of my, if I just put some of my basic qualifications in, I could apply for a bunch of jobs online that I would be only slightly overqualified for. And I wouldn't get them because I'd probably be vetted out by a system somewhere. Right. So I really recommend that somebody get help. I mean, even if it's, if it costs you something, it's an investment that you're going to get back. Talk to people. I mean, that's what we do for books. Talk to people like us that can help you uh, create a book that is something that's just a business card replacement for you. Talk to, uh, professionals that work to help build resumes, to help uh, target you so that they can market you the way that, well, those algorithms aren't going to skip you anymore. So there are ways in which you can get out there, but you're going to need help. You need professionals to navigate the massive infrastructure and bureaucracy that we have built up that have now prevented people from just having a little bit of gumption to go on a door and, 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 and do a good interview and, and get somewhere. No, that makes perfect sense. You know, Andrew, I mean, you really, you really provide some really good insight into, into what's going on. I guess, you know, if you were to summarize all of this into, you know, one quote, a life lesson quote, what would that be? My, my book 
has the quote that I actually live by. It's called "Don't buy the watch." Don't and buy the watch. Actually, and that is actually kind of what I uh, the, the 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 idea the idea of not not following not following and going down a rabbit hole of spending money on things that don't value you or trying to sell something that that is no value to your customer. That's something that I live by. Um, but you know my. My go-to that I do, uh, I, I do it probably every few months, is I watch the movie Glengarry Glen Ross. And I do that because that movie is not a, an instruction manual. It is a cautionary tale. I take every single bit of that film and then I do the opposite <laughs> when I'm running, when I'm running my, when I'm running my uh, department. Um, so I think that that's one thing that, uh, that can be a, a kind of a, a guidestone for you. I love it. I love it. So, uh, le- all right. So one question that I have not asked you that you thought I would have asked you today, what, what would that be and how would you answer it? I, I do say that uh, one of the reasons that, you know, it, go back to the concept of help, you know, you might ask something like, what does help look like from you? Or what is the, the idea of what we do and the way that we're helping people is by providing something where they can come to us and have kind of a one-stop shop where you're getting connected with experts. I mean, if you're a CEO, you don't necessarily know how to write a book. You don't necessarily, you're, you're listening to podcasts like yours. You're coming to people like us. You want some kind of guidance. Um, so the I would recommend always looking for that. And the way that we do that is by learning who you are, knowing who you are when you come in the door with us. Then being able to craft something that's going to help you write your book. I mean, we write it for you, get it all, get all the heavy lifting done, get it distributed, do that. Um, so I get a lot of questions about processes and it's definitely interesting to talk about, but yeah, I do like the big picture ideas that we're hitting. into. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, listen, uh, process is really, really important. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And, and we are like fo- laser focused on process too. However, you know, what I'm really interested in, and I think our listeners are really interested in is like, how do I navigate through these crazy times? How do I, you know, how do I become successful at scale? Right. How do I, you know, you talked about growing a business quite fast, you know, how do I, how do I do that? Right. You know, so I want to drill into that one more time. Like how have you put so many points on the board so quickly. What's the secret sauce? The beginning of our secret sauce on that was by not doing too much too fast. Um, and, and that was really, again, that was team. Uh, I know Alink is going to listen to this and, and uh, she is ready, fire, aim. And the way that she began this process was I have a goal in mind of a very large business that, that is targeted. I want, I want to hit these goals. I want to double every year, you know, light speed growth. But then she had guys like me <laughs> that were a little more cautionary. He's like, let's pump the brakes and see what we can do in piecemeal and starting in little in little sections. Yes. We had the infrastructure at the very beginning to do more than two or three books a month sure. when we started out, but we didn't do more than that. We were we were careful and we were targeted in how we grew because the idea was again, it goes back to team. We wanted to cultivate an internal team that began to learn and know how they did their job extremely well. Mm-hmm. And as we continued to grow, yeah, they got a little overwhelmed a little bit as it went, but then we began to hire people on that were mentored by those. So that's how we did it very gradually. We say our goal, yeah, maybe we can do five books in a month, but our goal right now is two. 
And we want everybody to learn what they're doing with those two. We want an internal team. We don't want to hire freelancers. We don't want to have new people that are untrained. And then it was, let's be incremental. Let's be incremental every single month and how we're going to approach this. And let's do really well because good business begets good business. And if you do a book for someone who is an author, uh, somebody like Tom Fedro, for example, he was one of our early authors uh, in Next Level Selling. And you get a guy like him that has a lot of connections, you do something really well for him, he's going to send people your way. Yeah. Which absolutely. he did. And, and, and then, then you have people that you know that are working with people that you know, and you can build the infrastructure and, and begin to do things like how we, we worked with reaching out to Simon & Schuster and building a relationship with them for distribution. That was something that we built because we already had the infrastructure and the groundwork. And, you know, they, they don't work with somebody just out of the blue to do that. So I would recommend that you be ambitious and cautious all at the same time. <laughs> it, yeah, no, no when to ready fire aim, but also know when to be gradual with your scaling so that you don't get overwhelmed. Because if you start having to hire brand new people that don't know what they're doing yet, that haven't learned, that haven't learned under somebody else, and then you're going to run into training problems, then you're going to run into uh, problems of, of, of turnover, people are going to leave because they get frustrated. Uh, then you're going to run into problems of frustrating your clients. Your clients are going to say, hey, why am I with this person that doesn't know the an answers to my question? And that is something that you can avoid by being a little cautious and making sure that you're using that teamwork and that uh, mentorship to grow. I love it. Andrew, you've talked about everything from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, to <laughs> modern, you know, scaling and, and digital marketing and, and thought leadership through books. I mean, you got it all going on here, man. It's, it's absolutely a pleasure to talk to you today. Let me ask you one last question. This is the most important one okay. for you. Where can listeners find you <laughs> online? Where can they learn more? Leaderspress.com. Uh, we, we, we got the domain. See, that's one of the good things about starting early. We got the domain. Leaderspress.com has everything you need to know about us. Uh, and we also do a weekly webinar. Uh, there's a sign in through our website to go there. I, mean, I can give you a link also that you might want to share. If you're interested in actually coming in and seeing what we do, hearing a link and I talk to you for about 30 minutes about our processes so we can answer that question for you real quick. Uh, yeah, every Thursday, uh, we do a web webinar that you can attend. And it's going to, there's a, Sign in on the website, and that's where we are. Amazing. Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today here at Success at Scale with Triple G Ventures. Uh, learned a lot of stuff, uh, I tell you, and uh, we're going to capture it all, share it all out there. But in the meantime, for anybody that's listening, please don't forget to share, like, subscribe, all that social media good stuff. Uh, we appreciate it very much. And uh, until we meet next time, we'll see you real soon. And peace.